Welcome to Politics Done Right. This is Egberto Williams, your host. I was waiting for the entry to come in. Anyway, folks, uh, we are going to have a great show for you today. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning, Texas. Good morning, United States of America. And of course, good morning to the world. We have a very special program today. But before we get started, how are the two geniuses in the studio doing this morning? And good morning to Perth, Australia. There's got to be a listener down there somewhere. There's somewhere, brother, <laughs> somewhere, 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 somewhere. Uh, we're, about as, we're about as psychotic as usual. Jack, okay. what you got That's for us today? Psychotic Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, Psycho Tuesday. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to talk about the universal right to be wrong. <laughs> okay, oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, I, I did. I did this when I uh, I did a rotation, a, a reproductive rotation, when I was going to nursing school. Mm -hmm. uh, with I gave a talk on the trimesters and the way the abortion works, and when they mm -hmm. would, when they wouldn't, and uh, of course it was in the middle of that uh, the time when they were really starting to to uh, push back on abortion. So mm -hmm. everybody was polarized. So I put one group on one side of the room and put the other group on the other side and the pro-lifers and the pro-choicers. And I said, you have to give that person on the other side of the aisle the right to be wrong and let them find their own way. This is a right the opposing person should grant the person they believe is wrong. Because the person believed to be wrong is on a journey to truth. And no matter how bad you want to convince them of their error, they will resist till they can see. Your insistence that you're right may drive them even further into your wrong. And if your attempt to use harsher means or work to demonize or obstruct that person, from exercising or pursuing their rights, you are simply playing God in their life. And that's a right you don't possess. Allow their God to work in their life, not you. Sounds like a marriage. Insightful. <laughs> and actually, you know, that is, that is so true. It sounds exactly like a marriage. Insightful, Brother Jack. Thank you for that. We're going to get busy this morning. We have a, like I said, a special show. Uh, speaker of the title of the show today, Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Yes, he is a theocrat. But we're going to start today with a story. Um, it's 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 not a happy story, but it's a story that gives one resolve. You know what we talk about on this show. We don't just sit back and let things happen to us. We respond, but also we make sure that there are changes that are made to ensure these things don't continue 
to happen over and over and over again. Today, we are honored to have Tiffany Rishal. I hope I said that right. If I said it wrong, please correct me. Uh, we are here to discuss uh, her story about her son. It's a sad story, but in, uh, in his mother's strength, changes are going to be made. Anyway, good morning, Tiffany. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate this. Well, look, before we get started, I, I, I like things to be personalized. Tell us a little bit about Jalen. Um, as you know, my son um, was murdered last year, April the 27th, uh, 2022. Um, it was during the daytime and Jalen was he they were going into the neighborhood to serve a warrant to Jalen uh, as he got entered into his vehicle. Um, they basically um, uh, followed him. When they followed him, they, uh, I guess they went probably maybe about um, two minutes down the road and then the undercover police came after them. Um, the guy that was driving the car put on his emergency lights and he drove maybe about 20 miles per hour to uh, get to safe haven. Um, <clears throat> once he um, got on a certain street, I think it was Josie Street, they did a H, uh, Houston Police Department did a pit maneuver. Um, at the at the at the beginning of the the uh, pursuit, they the officer said he would not live to leave the neighborhood. This the statement. That okay, let's made. stop. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop you right there. On the on the officer's cam, his in his own voice, he said, "Your son will not live to see the end of the day." Yeah, he basically said he will not live leave the neighborhood. Okay, got it. And once he um, made that statement. He was, I guess he was getting ready to do whatever in the car and they did the pit maneuver, turned Jalen them around, which were facing Officer Shane Privet, the vehicle Shane Privet was in. Um, Shane Privet was on the passenger side of the, uh, the undercover police car and Jalen was on the passenger side of the car that he was in, which was a black SUV. Jalen got out the car. The police got out the car, which is Officer uh, Privet. Um, Officer Privet said, put your hands before hands got out of his mouth. He shot Jalen. Um, after he shot him, he said, oh, shit. Jalen falls to the ground. Uh, he was struck in the side of the neck. He fell to the ground. They handcuffed him and then they dragged him. Um, this is pretty much what do you mean you know, by then they dragged him? They they handcuffed him and dragged him across the, the concrete, the sidewalk. After being sh after being shot and after he'd fallen to the floor. Correct. Bleeding. Bleeding Correct. out and they handcuffed him first, okay? They handcuffed him first and then they dragged him. So this is pretty much 
Um, I feel as though first aid should have been um, done on Jalen, but I didn't see it happening. They act like they want to know where he got shot at and put some bandage on it. I'm sorry, y'all. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm sorry you went through this. What gets me is um, it it brings back all the memories of these types of. I'm sorry, I I'm with you. It, It 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 brings back the memories of how some bodies are in fact treated by police officers. Um, but what you did, and this is, this is the thing that makes us want, why I wanted to have you here. This happens in this country over and over again. And if we didn't have, uh, advocates like you in, in the, in this case, the mother advocates like you. Uh, we wouldn't be able to make the changes. And you came out uh, when we had a rally uh, with regards to our district attorney, uh, who pretty much got the officer no build. Correct. You were strong to come and tell the story. The thing about it is nobody, one, deserves to be uh, indiscriminately shot. And number two, Nobody deserved to be treated the way they did after being shot. We're all humans. Um, so what did you do after that? Um, basically, you know, we we did a lot of protesting in, around the Houston area. Um, several of the groups came along to join us out of different uh, cities we feel like we haven't gotten the support in Houston, Texas to kind of, you know, maneuver this around. So we had to like uh, deal with other activists in other cities, Uh, Black Lives Matter grassroots. Um, We had the BLM from Houston uh, grassroots also joined us. And it's, it's, it's a few other groups that joined us as well as we, protests and the first place we went was to Kim Ogg's office um, where we protest one one uh, Saturday where it was on a Friday excuse me we protest on a, on a Friday uh, morning and um, she stopped the protest by uh, asking us to join in a meeting to let us know the process and the procedures of how it works. So at that particular time, we went up there and we listened to everything that everybody had to say. And the one thing that I, I uh, made plain to everybody, it came out of his mouth. He would not live to leave the neighborhood was enough for me. Um, at this particular time, we did not see the cam, but knowing that he said he will not live to leave the neighborhood was enough for me because that's premeditated to me. Uh, I don't know about to anybody else, but he basically said 
what he was going to do uh, in that message. Um, in the time that they went to court with uh, to the grand jury, uh, Kimberly uh, Carter, uh, I'm sorry, Kimberly Clark made it plain to me that's not what he meant when he said that. And nobody knows what he meant, what he said, but him. So, of course, you know, the, to save his butt, he's going to make. Who is Kimberly Clark? Kimberly Clark is a, a one of the civil rights attorney for the district uh, for the district attorney. So beforehand, she comes in to defend his statement saying he doesn't. That's not what he meant. Right. OK, right. go ahead. So with that being said, that's one of the things that I wanted to point out that he said exactly what he was going to do. He didn't. My son did not live, uh, leave the neighborhood. And was he alive? You know, uh, he left it, but he didn't leave, you know, breathing. Um, they said. He, but he, but he, let, let, let's be clear, because, you know, in any other in any other for any other normal person. You make a statement and a few seconds later, the, the statement you made about that person, that person is dead. I think that's probative. I, I am it. So I don't think you are uh, at all out of scope when you say, well, it seems to me like we understand what he meant because what he said got executed. Now, Kim Og and, the, and their administration, they tried to tame you guys by or, or or quiet you guys by saying we're going to go through procedures and you all did attempt to go through procedures do i have that right yes we did go up there um and we talked along with my my um my lawyer's assistant we all went up there and we we discussed the policies the procedures that how long it may take uh, uh what we have to go through and all those things that that's fine, but you know, why does it have to go to a grand jury? She could have made the decision to file charges right then and there. Well, let me, let me just be clear here. And I think, you know, this as well as I do ask, uh, Michael Brown, ask, uh, ask the, the couple of guys in Minnesota who the cop shot, the cop shot after asking them, to to give them their license we could we could go you know blogged statement after statement there are certain bodies in this country i and unless people start to admit that it'll continue but luckily you got benjamin crump who will ensure like he has in many other jurisdictions that these guys pretty much whether they do it through the uh, criminal process or the civil process They'll it'll be taken care of now. Um, the one thing I should have said your son, your son didn't display a gun, showed a gun, had the implication of having a gun or anything when he got out of that car. Is that correct? No, he didn't have a gun, uh, he didn't show any kind of gun or anything, or he did not even go towards the police. Um, we don't even know what he was going to do. Everybody think that he was going to run. Um, however, we don't know what he was going to do because it was done within less Immediate than seconds. Right. So we don't and know. That, exactly. And that is on the, and that three seconds is on the tape. 
that yes. you can see. Officer gets out of car, officer points gun, officer shoots. Correct. Um, you know, before we continue, Tiffany, I've always said, I, uh, I, I work hard. I do all that I'm supposed to do. I do all the right things. I'm saying this about me right now. There's nothing that I should fear. But anytime there is a cop behind me, every time I see an officer, my fear is, is he having a good day or not? Because somehow certain bodies are generally the victims. And if there are any officers listening after I'm, I'm come, done speaking to uh, Tiffany, I would love to for you to call in because there, there are certain things we would like to um, to ask civilly, of course, of you. But anyway, Tiffany, so uh, now Og then took it to the grand jury. There's a state, there's a saying that, that uh, saying that people say all the time. And that is a district attorney could indict a ham sandwich if they so desire. This was taken to the grand jury. And what occurred? Um, the first time that it was taken to a grand jury, um, it was no action uh, right around July, some right around in July. And then um, uh, in October on the 16th, they started the, um, the grand jury again with the case. Um, and mind you that uh, Jalen was in a vehicle with one of his friends, which was one of the witness that did go into the grand jury. Um, they basically said that Jalen reached down into the car at some point. Well, we didn't see that part um, that he reached down. So I'm not understanding uh, if he reached down. Let me let me see that part uh, to where he reached down into the car and the police claim, which Officer Privy claimed that he thought he saw a black object. Uh, Jalen had a black bag in on his arm. He had a black bag, which it wasn't a black bag. It was gray with black around it. <laughs> Uh, and he had his shoes in his hands. So I'm not sure where the black object now, when they said that they opened the bag, they said that Jalen had a gun in the bag. I have not yet to see that either. And I do have his items that he did have after they uh, came up with the no bill this particular time. So when you look at the items, the shoes was brown. The bag was gray with black trimming. So I'm not understanding where it comes, uh, where where his thinking or his mind says that he's seen a black object. Um, so this is the reason why they know build it, because the police said that he was afraid of his life and he's seen a black object. He's seen Jalen reach back in the car and he thought it was a black object. So now we hear as a no bill and um is to me is unacceptable because it was plain uh you look at the video it was clear um it was nothing that is every time i looked at the video it's the same video and nothing that i seen different 
from the first time I seen the video. So I'm not understanding why it wasn't uh, an indictment uh, out of this situation. Um, the only thing that I can say that it wasn't um, it wasn't presented at at their best. Well, that, that's that's there. There's uh, there's absolutely no doubt of what you just said. Like I said, a district attorney has the ability to indict a ham sandwich. That is a stain. It's it is so prevalent that it is a it's a known fact. Now the other thing is we are a, we decided as a state that we were going to be a cowboy lazafir gun carrying state. So whether your son had a gun, which he didn't, but whether he had a gun or not. This is a gun carrying state. And the officer never gave him the opportunity to say, yes, I had a gun. Yes, I don't have a gun. Same thing happened with uh, uh, the, the guy in Minnesota. The guy in Minnesota, no, not the same thing, different. The guy in Minnesota had a gun and he told the officer, I have a gun. The officer said, where is it? I tell him, he says, I give me your license. He said, may I give you my license? Yes. And as he just reached for his license, he lost his life. So I, I want to thank you, first of all, for the courage for what you're doing, because what we need is to have accountable DAs, not DAs that are pretty much the lawyers for police officers, but the DAs that are the, the enforcement agent for all citizens of, under which they operate. And this is definitely what you're telling me, what we don't have in Harris County, where there is a distinct bias towards officers, whether they be good or bad. And like I said, I can't, when I, my, personally, my job is to stay away from law enforcement, from the criminal justice system, because we still don't have district attorneys out there that are willing to do their job for cops that are rogue. Anything else you'd like to add before we close this segment, um, uh, Tiffany? Um, the only thing I, I'm, I'm requesting is for them to reopen my, my demands is for them to reopen this case and take it back to the grand jury. Um, I don't know if that would ever happen under the office of Kim Og, but it's, it will not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my thing is we can't go out here as police be the, the judge, the jury and the prosecutor. And that's, you know, is a lot of things in this situation happened was a lot of red flags and it just wasn't right. The pursuit wasn't even it, to me when you go into our communities, what type of solution you have, what, what are you going in to do? Um, if you going in with killing on your mind, of course, that's what's going to happen. Uh, so what are we doing in the communities to stop, uh, police from going in and killing up our young men and our young women, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. As you say, this is happening all over the world. And at some point it has to stop. Enough is enough. And I'm just not going to stop. I'm not going to, you know, I, Jalen's birthday was uh, December the 2nd, Saturday. So I'm so, I'm still kind of trying to grasp, you know, him not being here for his birthday. Uh, he wasn't here for Thanksgiving. This, this guy get to go home to his family. This guy get to go home to his kids. Well, I didn't get to have that. And, and then plus he has a seven year old daughter at the time oh he gosh. got killed was six. So, 
you know, Jayla has to deal with not having her father, you know, for these holidays. So for you not to uh, follow uh, follow in and uh, indict this guy is really devastating uh, for, for me and the family. And we're not going to stop. We're going to continue to do what we need to do um, to get charges filed. We do have been to the uh, uh, just the Department of Justice. Uh, we have already filed paperwork with them and we're just going to continue because he needs to something needs to happen here. Something needs to happen. And before no. this happens to anybody else, we're going to continue to, you know, stand in the gap, you know, for those that are dealing with uh, things happening in the prison out here. Things happen all over the world. We're going to stand in the gap for each other. Tiffany, you just said uh, for you and your family, let me say it's for you, your family and for everybody else. The work that you're doing uh, uh, also matters to uh, to everybody who has any kind of encounter with police officers. And we should state this police officer, it's not like he hadn't had uh, uh, some violent incidences before. Where I think he was, uh, wasn't he indicted before for breaking somebody's socket or something like that? Yeah, in 2017, he had an incident where he went out to, um, I, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was some type of drug case. And a young man, he he pretty much handcuffed the young man and he he kicked him in the eye and messed up his socket. And uh, he was indicted for that. In 2002, 2019, Shane Privet was, went, uh, to another grand jury where they no build the situation where they, you know, got them off. So here we are again. We're in the same place. 2022, he killed somebody. So what does it take? Well, if- what, you know, what does it take? Y'all going to wait till he kills somebody else or hurt somebody else on the street? What, what are we doing here? You know, it just don't make sense to me. It doesn't. When you get off with something, it becomes so much easier to do it again. Well, look, thank you so kindly for having been on Politics and Right here at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Tiffany, I am, I am very sorry for your loss, but I, I, am, I am happy with your resolve to actually get something done. You have a wonderful rest of your day, my friend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I tell you, um, every time I hear her story, every time I hear her story, uh, it hurts. And the reason it hurts is, you know, I, I'll, I'll be just frank here. I I was driving into KPFT, the studio, a few um, a few months ago with a, a, a good friend that came in to do the show with me and a police officer was next to me on a motorcycle and the police officer, you know, the, my friend, you know, he was waving at the police officer, kind of telling hi or whatever. And I, 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 I told him, I said, the comfort that you feel, doing that. And I know it is 
I shouldn't have to feel this way. I said the comfort that you felt doing that is one that I don't have. Because as far as I'm concerned... Mm, seems like the tin cans and string are not uh, holding up this morning. Egberto? Okay, no, no, me, that's... that's that. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That That's probably when I made the transition. That's when I made the transition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Right, you were telling us a good story here. Go ahead and tell us that story. Yeah. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm driving into the studio with my good friend who's going to do the program with me. And he sees the police officer uh, on a motorcycle next to us. And he's waved, kind of waved at the police officer and smiling. I guess they may have had eye contact. I'm not sure. But while he, that was his reaction and, 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 and a reaction that was a pleasant reaction. When that officer was next to that passenger window, my heart, and he couldn't see this, but my heart was in my throat. That is my general reaction to be in the presence of any officer, whether they be white, black, blue, I don't care. Because my experience and the experience that I see with officers is a crapshoot. In other words, if they're nice, you're good. But if they're having a bad day, you know, your body means so much less. Doesn't matter if you're a professional, an author, a book writer, an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, it doesn't matter. Right here in Kingwood, we had a judge jogging and he was treated like an animal. Of course, he sued. But Understand it for all our listeners right now. Understand that stories like this hits a certain way. And when I heard her story, my thing is thanks for doing this because maybe more people who got harmed by the system, if more people who got harmed by the system constantly hit the system, it'll make life safer for everybody. For absolutely everybody. So um, thank you very much, Tiffany, uh, for having the courage to come out here and discuss this. Because I tell you, um, as you were speaking, as you were crying, as you were, you know, artic articulating what occurred with your son, uh, understand that it, you know, it hits us all understand that it hits us all anyway folks uh give give us a call telephone number 713-526-5738 again that number is 713-526-5738 would you like to make a comment on on the previous story or do you want to go directly into the other story right away 713-526-5738 <clears throat> Anyhow, without further ado, while I wait for calls to come in, I'll go ahead and let you hear the story about uh, Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, the theocrat. Let's get busy and here it goes. Turns out Speaker of the House Mike Johnson is nothing but a autocratic, a theocrat. And uh, watch what Ayman Mohedin and his two guests had to say about him because I think unlike many other programs, 
they really go into detail as far as what it means having an autocrat like Mike Johnson leading the House and what would it mean back in or next up in 2024. Check this out. The hate and extremism within the GOP isn't just coming from Donald Trump. It is coming from other party leaders, including the newly minted House Speaker Mike Johnson. New reporting from CNN reveals that Johnson wrote the foreword for a 2022 book by a Louisiana blogger that endorses the far right Pizzagate conspiracy and contains homophobic slurs towards Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Johnson said of the book, quote, I obviously believe in the product or I wouldn't have written the foreword. So I endorsed the work. Now, this comes after a stunning and terrifying report from the outlet last week, which unearthed a series of interviews highlighting Johnson's extremist views. Take, for example, last year, just a month before Roe versus Wade fell, Johnson compared abortion access to a, quote, American Holocaust. Here's Johnson in his own words. It is truly an American Holocaust. I mean, the reality is that Planned Parenthood and all these big, you know, big abortion, uh, they set up their clinics in inner cities. Um, they, they are, you know, they, they regard these people as, as easy prey. And after Roe fell, Mike Johnson defended Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's suggestion that rulings on same-sex marriage and contraception should be reconsidered, saying some laws should be, quote, cleaned up. There's been some really bad law made. They've made a mess of our jurisprudence in this country for the last, you know, several decades. And and maybe some of that needs to be cleaned up. And what what Justice Thomas is calling for is not radical. In fact, it's the opposite of that. You know, we finally have a majority of originalists on the court. It appears that these beliefs, which he has professed to hold now for decades, were sharpened during Johnson's decade-long association with Alliance Defending Freedom, a faith-based organization that litigates in favor of laws and policies that undermine LGBTQ rights. Let's bring back Fernando Amande and Paolo Ramos. Uh, Fernando, I'll start with you here. What does it say that someone with this track record, uh, proudly owning this track record, one of the most powerful political figures in our country, is the Speaker of the House? Well, Eamon, it's very similar to what we just talked about in regards to Donald Trump. Uh, We cannot sugarcoat the reality of what and who Mike Johnson is. Behind the Edgar's Oakley Doakley countenance, you have someone who is third in line to the presidency today, who is a theocrat, who does not believe in American democracy, has made that very clear, as we saw or are about to read in even greater detail in the revelations to come from Lynn Cheney's book. The open, transparent architect of the effort to overthrow American democracy in service of Donald Trump uh, without any respect for the laws. I think it sounds like, looks like what it is a theocratic, again, fascist who unfortunately holds the most powerful position in the history of the United States for someone who doesn't believe in the tenets that underpin the constitutional republic. I think you're totally right on that word theocratic. I don't think that word is used enough to describe some of the American politicians that we see now leading the country and making these decisions uh, based purely on their religious interpretation that affect all of us. Uh, Paula, I want to talk to you about Johnson's ties to this uh, theocracy, if you will, that he envisions America to be, this religious extremist on the right. Uh, in addition to the ADF, Johnson, according to Semaphore, is also friends with Pastor Tony Perkins, who leads the Family Research Council and organization that has been labeled as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. How concerning is it to see the House Speaker have ties 
to these extremist groups. How concerning is it? It's it's concerning because in that America, someone like me, a gay woman, doesn't exist, doesn't have rights. Right in in Mike Johnson's America, I am considered someone that is unnatural, dangerous, evil, is someone that is less worthy of him, someone that doesn't deserve the same rights that he has. And so it is that, that I, I don't belong in that America. So even within that, right, even understanding the extremist beliefs that he holds about people like me, about people like you, Eamon, about women. Even within that, the most concerning thing is truly understanding his beliefs around what it means to govern and understanding that someone like him on our screen believes in Christian nationalism, right? So he fundamentally doesn't believe in the separation between church and state, right? He believes that everything among us should be infused with God. And the problem and the danger is that he is not operating in a vacuum, Right. He is operating in a country where over 50 percent of Republicans in this country believe in some version of Christian nationalism. Right. He is operating among members of Congress like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who are openly calling for Christian nationalism. He's operating with a potential 2024 Republican candidate that wants to see someone like him govern and that is considered a savior for Christian nationalism. So so that is a danger that perhaps, again, in, in less than a year, we may have this Christian nationalist as a speaker of the house and an authoritarian figure in the white house. And what does that future tell us? And where do the three of us fit in that future? I tell you what really concerns me about Mike Johnson when it's time to count up the votes, whether he tries some sort of machinations in the house at the time that the votes are to be counted in 2024. Or actually, it will be in 2025, right? On January 6, 2025. Um, so we have an autocrat in power. Will he remain in power? One hopes not. We'll see. We'll see if we get a new Congress. We'll see if people come out to vote. We're going to have a lot of work to do because uh, having uh, behind the scene little Trump in office and the possibility of having Master Trump in the White House is not something I think anybody is looking forward to. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Anyhow, folks, let's go ahead and get to, uh, let's start with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, come on in. Yes, sir. How are you doing? I am doing fine. Talk to me, sir. I would like to comment on the lady with her son that was killed by HPD. Uh, yes, sir. I think we need we need accountability for the police officers, and that's not happening. Anywhere in the U.S., that's not happening. They get away with murder on camera. And personally, I got five sons, and I got another thought that's not good that I think they're driving us to that uh, we need a group of black men. Uh, when they kill your kid, I think he should be killed. His his family should feel that pain. That's just my thought. Okay, that's not that's that's not a civil society, right? I mean, I I understand revenge, and guess what? No, if you lose your if you lose your son, that is what you want to do. Society is here to hold back those carnal 
things that we have to and t- to to continue to maintain a civil society. I hear I hear where you are, and I hear I know the pain that, or I shouldn't say, I can empathize with the pain that uh, uh that uh, uh tiffany is going through about jalen i can empathize with michael brown's mother i can empathize with uh, uh philippe uh, philippe in minnesota i can empathize with all these people who were wrongfully murdered by the cop is the solution to first of all take it out on the cop's family no it's not they didn't do anything likewise is it uh uh is it that we want to go ahead and get the cop. No, what we want the cop to do is pay for what he did and get them, in my opinion, and get them off the force. Like in my opinion, the guy who killed her son. Yeah, go ahead. Should not be a police officer. You're right, but that never happens. They always get off. They always get, Derry Chauvin was convicted on George Floyd. Luckily, they do these things on camera. I myself, had assault on a police officer charge that I did not do. I did not touch these officers. They came in my house and beat me up, and then they write up this crazy report that I assaulted the police officer. Well, let me tell you something. Anthony, Anthony, no police report, and to every police officer out there, uh, if you're if you test your heart, you know we're telling the truth. I don't think any police report should ever be trusted. Remember what the George Floyd police report said ab- about natural causes and death. If that girl wasn't uh, taping it, what would have happened? Remember what the police report says uh, over and over again in incident after incident. Remember the incident where the five black cops killed that young man. The police report looked nothing like what the cameras showed, beating the holy you-know-what out of the kid. So it's a police thing. And, and, you know, we we racialize this, right? Police live in their own – and by the way, we need the police. Don't get me wrong. But we need to extricate the bad ones. And that is not what's occurring. But when you see – when you see what has occurred – Police has a way of operating irrespective of race. So let's get the race out of there. But the part where race makes a difference is the bodies that they maim. They maim a whole lot on a percentage basis by those who they think are worth less. The people that they think of less human of. That is what the statistics show. That is not a figment of anybody's imagination. That is what the numbers show. Anyway, thank you so kindly, Anthony, for calling. Let's go ahead and go to uh, Richard. Come on in, Richard. How are you doing this morning? You know, usually on you, you can help listen to the show, but I heard Tiffany on earlier. I think that case is going to affect. It's a federal. It's uh, it still as a federal. It's in, on the federal courts also, if I'm not mistaken. So it's still a federal lawsuit against the police here. Right. Also on that case. Uh, also on that case. Um, it's important to note that grand juries are important. Uh, we don't show up for grand juries. We don't, and we don't. We, when they get when they indict, when they indict and have a grand jury, people of color usually either don't show up or don't participate. And that's the problem we have mm-hmm. also with the grand jury dealing with dealing with the uh, you're new here and dealing with police. <laughs> uh, 
only one percent or one percent nationally are indicted or even charged uh, for any type of incident that goes on. That's the national statistic. Probably a little bit more, but probably one or two percent at most. Uh, so you got to look at that also. But we have to look at gun usage and. A lot of people, just because you can carry a gun, is rules and laws that you have to follow for having a gun. You just can't just have a gun in your car. You got to know the rules. You got to know the law. You got to know the rules. And that's, that's, that's another thing that's not happening. Um, you need to go back and look at, because I heard you blaming the uh, district attorney. Um, the district attorney has a lot of pull when it comes to the... Uh, when it comes when it comes to the grand jury and how how it how, how it's shaped and who comes up and, and you know I've been on the grand jury the whole year so I know how it goes and people of color usually are not there but one thing that's important to note is that uh, the district attorney the district attorney uh, should have more more leeway but they got pressure from law enforcement where they have to have, they have to uh, Listen to a lot of times, and they have to get a lot of their information from law enforcement. So there's less likely to piss them off. They're more they're more in tune now with the community than they ever was. Uh, if this happened 10, 20 years ago, uh, you wouldn't even have an indictment. I don't think. But well, she didn't get an indictment. About, she got a no. She got a no bill. I'm just talking about. I'm just talking about in general. I know about that case. Okay, but gotcha. Uh, gotta look at one. One thing I want, I'm gonna let you go. Uh, one thing I want to point out is uh, looking at Harris County. Um, the Harris County Commissioners Court. I've been telling everybody they passed this. They passed this con. They passed this money contract to send prisoners. These people aren't even charged, and yeah. they're they're using private contractors. A private contractor, a con- contracted prison in Mississippi, to send people that don't have money to to uh, bail out of jail. If I had money, I could. Richard, out of jail. I got. I Richard, I, 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 Richard, you're correct about that. So I got to run to the other call, but you're correct about what the commissioner's court did sending them to Mississippi. What's interesting is I think there's a civil rights case right there because not being here local prevents them from being able to get the the, the right kind of legal. Uh, support anyway, but we'll talk about that another time, brother Richard. Thank you so kindly for calling in, my friend. All right, let's go to Samantha. Come on in, Samantha. Uh, good morning. I, good morning, I Samantha. Good morning. I was going to comment on something we were talking about yesterday on, on local politics, mm-hmm. but since Tiffany's uh, case, since y'all went on the mm-hmm. Tiffany's case on the police. Uh, I'll just I'll comment on that, but uh, basically, I was thinking that there was there's sort of like a process that's been happening when uh, which is which is what we've come forward with, uh, you know, from the last fifty years or so, uh, and in civil rights with police brutality, and which I'm not seeing where with the Democrats or with, with you know more of the social Democrats how they're going to really address it because there seems to be a process when. When somebody is killed by the police, it, it automatically gets picked up by an attorney. It automatically gets sometimes 
put onto a civil rights case and then it gets picked up. I mean, it's, it's, it's really a process. Now, I know that the George Floyd case was the um, a turning point, a big turning point, and they mm-hmm. actually arrested uh, those, the white officers that killed George Floyd. So it was huge. But, but there was, there's been a process that when that happened, and it's called when it happened, that they actually get, you know, they're hearing, they, they get a fair hearing, they get justice, they get, uh, there's a lawsuit, and they get money. The family gets a lot of money. George Floyd's family got a lot of money when he was killed. Don't forget that. They, they had to pay out. On, and, and, then, and then during that summertime, there was back-to-back cases where a lot, of, a lot of kids, a lot of black kids were killed by the police. It was like back-to-back. It was on TV for I mean, wasn't it for months? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there was a. But let me let me just say one thing, Samantha. What you hear comes out on TV. They happen to be in certain markets where it's you know it makes the story. What I realized after doing some research during the Michael Brown case, during the uh, I forgot the guy in Minnesota, the guy in Alabama. I mean, is that. There's so much of this that occurs that goes unreported. Poor people that don't even try to seek, they, 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 they talk about, oh, the police done kid my, kill my kid. And that's the end of the story. If you go look at the stats, you see that it doesn't even match what we find occurring. But, so, but anyway, go ahead and tell me your point so I can uh, get to the other caller, my dear Samantha. Yeah, it just, well, there's sort of like a lesson to be learned that it 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 it, it is something that's being processed. So there's some way there's a lot of prevention we can get into avoiding that happening to a, a family member because a lot of it has to do with money. You can see, like, I would really notice in George Floyd's case, like the family got so much money after he was killed. He had been homeless and all this kind of problems that Tiffany's son was going through. You know, he had a mental health crisis and all these kind of problems. So, you know, that's kind of like what we have to look at. And it's come come around where you can see that it's a process. The police get uh, uh, seen on TV. Yeah, it makes a story. And it's just a, it's a really a big thing. It's not something you have to say, you know, suddenly it happens. This is America. It's been going on since the 1960s. So you have to see how can we avoid, you know, getting involved at all in the first place, because it's going to be a process, a lawsuit, a lot of money gets exchanged, the family gets paid, okay. you know, lots of loved one. I'm not, I'm not saying all Tiffany right. is going after the money or anything like that, but I'm just, you know. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Samantha. I appreciate your call. Uh, all right. Let's go ahead and go Thank to you. Josie. Come on in, Josie. Thank you, Samantha. Come on in, Josie. Good morning. Um, First Good morning. Of all, I wasn't going to mention "Good Morning" what the lady just said, but I think she is talking about the money, and it's kind of shaming the family, or that just didn't sit right with me. But I wanted to go back to the mother who lost her son, and just mm-hmm. talking about the grand jury served on the grand jury with Judge Ted Poe, and that's something that many people do not know, and I would have known the process. Had I not been submitted to be on the grand jury, and I didn't know that your name had to be submitted by someone political or a judge or, and then your employer has to agree to give you all that time off. Well, most employers aren't going to do that. You can kind of begin Mm -hmm. to look at what that grand jury looks like. And it's important Mm -hmm. for us, for the mom to maybe think that 
that way. Had I, I think I brought the social worker part into the grand jury, which many on the grand jury did not understand or would not have thought about different assets of cases that we heard had there not been a social worker and then another female minority. That is so, so important. That is so important, Josie, follow me. to know that. Yeah. So I think we have that, to. That is so important to know. Yeah, I, I yeah. thank you for that. But let me just say one other thing, real quick to you, Josie. Where it comes to Samantha and the money, I, I can, I can understand uh, where some people talk about. Uh, well, you know, they're going to get money anyway. But if I have a sick daughter or sick whatever, there's no amount of money for somebody harming them that can take away the hole in the heart. Uh, when when Samantha talks about it, it's a process, she's not incorrect. It's correct. But it's a it's it's a process that's occurring because of of some ill that occurred. So I mean, um, but look, no amount of money can come in between my loved one and and somebody harming them. And I think you feel the same way, Josie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank anyway, Thank you so kindly for your call, Josie. The grand jury. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you so kindly. Let's go to Derek. Come on in, Derek. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning. You know, Kim Hall came in, in and she said that her office would be impartial to the police. And my question to her is, what happened to you, Kim Hall? You know, I, I want to pull some words from Minister Farrakhan. Justice never sleeps. Justice go to bed with you and justice will wake up with you. I say to, to Sister uh, Tiffany, keep the pressure on because no amount of money of worthless money, paper money, would satisfy your soul. See, is, is she, that sister is absolutely right. This man can go home and sit up and eat chicken, lamb, and beef or whatever he eats and laugh and talk about being the water cooler hero of the day. But yet, you you violated another human being. This ain't nothing that you can gloss over. You took a life. And because you took a life, therefore, you, that life and that yoke is going to be around your neck for the rest of your life. Alberto, I, I, I did not like what I had heard, what you had said. This man actually uh, kicked a young man in the eye socket. Yeah, he kicked it out and broke it. And yeah, and and he first got indicted and then they took it to another grand jury and he got no bill. So, I mean, uh, yes. But Derek, you get the point and thank you for understanding. I need to run to Harry. So um, thank you for your commentary, Derek. All right, let's go ahead and bring Harry in. Harry, sorry for our time. We just got a lot of calls at the end. So give it what you have to say in 30 seconds. For for Lando Castile. Is who you were talking about? Who got killed up? Philando Castile. Yes. That yeah, that that's the guy who got killed. And uh, I my my um, soul goes out to uh, Tiffany. Keep fighting for your son. Justice for your son. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the the mother whose son got killed. Right. Hello. Yeah, you're yeah, correct, yeah, Harry. I, I gotta yeah. run. 
Uh, give me one. Give me ten All seconds. Right. I got to run to yeah, Brian. Thank you, brother. Okay. Brian, come on, and you got thirty okay. seconds, Brian. Always, always thirty seconds, right? Did you check into uh, the subpoena that uh, Special Prosecutor Jack Smith uh, took out on Twitter? Yeah. The uh, no, I did not. I'm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, check out Washington Examiner, December fourth, twenty three, New York Post. 120423. National Public Radio even did a piece on it. And here's part of what it says. All of the content, records, and other information relating to other uh, interactions between subject account and other Twitter users from October 2022, uh, excuse me, 2020 to January 2021. Got it. Okay, I'll, I'll read it. Brian, I got to go, but thank you so kindly for bringing that up. We'll talk about that later. Exactly. I need to jump to the studio. All right, great. Uh, come on into, come on in, brother Howard. All right, uh, mighty fine show you had here this morning. Very, very emotional. You can feel it through the radio. Jack, what you got for us? Well, he's well. Okay, Jack has forgotten <laughs> what he was going to, which is you know common well, around here. Well, you know, we, we are him, all getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, folks. See you tomorrow. I, I want, all right, look, I want to tell everybody, thank you, callers. Tiffany, thank you for your story. Uh, your story will help quite a lot of people. Uh, thank you, callers. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Howard and Jack. My name is Egberto Willits. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.